Amen. Now, y'all didn't change anything in the new year. You're going to sit in your seat where you normally sit. That's a good thing. Um, I'm going to uh, introduce a three-week series tonight um, entitled Do It in Love. You should have your outline there. Uh, Do It in Love. I'm going to, and I know, I know normally we have been doing a remix of the uh, Sunday uh, message on Tuesday nights, but because we are currently doing the instructional period in between services on tithing, where people are asking questions to avoid repetition and redundancy, I'm going to forego that on Sunday's message unless you just had some burning, burning question that hadn't already been asked about tithing, I will go ahead and answer it. But I really want to introduce this three-week series <clears throat> that's going to take place between tonight, uh, next Tuesday, and then the following Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the themes now. Tonight is true love is a reflection of the heart of God. You'll see that in the uh, outline. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. Next week will be tender love is received from the heart of God. Tender love is received from the heart of God. That's the love that most of us are most acquainted with is the tender love that comes from God. Um, well, I, I could be wrong on that. Most of us may be more acquainted with the tough love, which is a reaffirmation of the love of God. So for three weeks, we're going to talk about love. Week tonight, or tonight, week one, true love is a reflection of the heart of God. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. And the next week, uh, if you're here, you'll see the title will be Tender Love is Received from the Heart of God. So God loves us wholly, completely, unconditionally, tenderly. You'll see that tender love is received from the heart of God. But on the third week, you'll see the lesson on the 28th that tough love is a reaffirmation of the love of God. And one of the areas that we don't uh, talk about enough in our biblical understanding of God's love, because we don't think tough love comes from God, but tough love is from God. Uh, God chastens those whom he loves. Amen. And so he makes it real clear. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, if the Lord does not chasten you, you're not his child. And so please get that, uh, because when we get to that, that's one of the things that people kind of say, man, I just don't see God doing that. But uh, even in the shepherd psalm, one of the things that the shepherd does is disciplines the sheep. The rod and the staff, they comfort me. That's strange that the shepherd would say that. But David said discipline is basically better than death. Amen. Uh, so if I got a choice between discipline and death, which one are you going to take? I take discipline, right? And so we got to understand tough love as an action or an activity from God. But we'll get to that on week uh, three if the Lord says the same. So on tonight, uh, I want to deal with that. We're going to follow up, by the way. And let me give you, and you'll see this in a printed schedule in your um, outline, or you'll see it in the printed schedule also in your Sunday bulletin and in the announcements and in the announcements. So week uh, 14, week 21, week 28, which is this week, next Tuesday, and the following Tuesday. Love is a reflection. Love is received. Love is reaffirmed. The first two weeks of February, we're going to rediscover our love languages. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on last year. Kiesha did a good job teaching that. 
We're going to rediscover our love languages. So if you want to kind of jump ahead of me and rediscover your love language, uh, you can get ahead of us. I don't, um, maybe even the, I don't know, are the couples coming over tonight, Gary? I don't know. Uh, or are they over there? They may be here. They, because they get credit for this class over here uh, if they do it, especially when we're talking about love. So I don't know. But um, so the first two weeks will be reaff uh, rediscovering our love languages. How many of y'all remember your love language from last year? Okay, it can shift. You know that. It can change. And so we'll do that for week one and two of February. Week three and four, we're going to talk about how to return to our first love. It's a wonderful book uh, by the Reverend Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, Tony, uh, pray for his family. His father was eulogized in November. Uh, his wife was eulogized just a few days ago. And his daughter, uh, Priscilla, is now in the hospital receiving surgery for some very critical lung issues. Uh, I met Tony Evans on three occasions in my life. Uh, he was very transformational at a Promise Keepers movement. I don't know if y'all remember that many years ago, but when Promise Keepers was going around the country, Coach Bill McCarthy uh, would have men to gather at stadiums, and Tony Evans was one of the people that spoke, and I got a chance to meet him there. I met him in Dallas, and then I met him here in Memphis. He was here in Memphis uh, probably about four or five years ago, and I saw him again. I think Alicia was with me on that night when we saw him, and he's a very wonderful man. Uh, the Urban Alternative is a wonderful ministry that he oversees in Dallas, Texas. And so the fourth, uh, the 18th and the 25th. So the 4th and the 11th, we're going to do Rediscovering Your Love Languages. If you have that book, go ahead and start reading ahead of us. And then if you have the book by Dr. Tony Evans, which is a very old book, I'll see if I can find it, but it's called How to Return to Your First Love. It's really about rekindling the excitement that we have when we're first saved and born again and begin to follow the Lord. You know how we're going to set the world on fire and do everything for the Lord and then life start getting in the way. You start getting married and having children and the bills showed up. And then all of a sudden, oh God, I ain't got time to go to church. I don't have time to go to Bible study. And so he teaches a very practical way of how to just simply rekindle the flame within of how we love the Lord, all right? And so on tonight, uh, I want to begin with do it in love. Do it in love. All right, so uh, each year, at the turn of a year, most of the time, one of the first things we do, one of the very first things we set out to do is we say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Uh, and we call them resolutions, all right? Now, I don't know how many of you have made a resolution. Uh, I don't want to hear what they are. Uh, but if you made any kind of resolution or got a little something in the back of your mind that you want to do, uh, just give me one finger to show me what's something you, you, I got. And I did try. I got a little something on my mind that I've been thinking about wanting to do. Okay. Some of us got something I want to do better at this. I, I'm going to do less of that, a little more of this, a little less of that. Okay. So when we make these resolutions, one of the things that I shared in the message, uh, the first message of the year, was that I didn't get it all right. So I came back to try again. And what I am seeking to do when I'm praying and I ask the Lord, where should we head and where should we go? And, you know, what is the vision? And show me what the theme and all that stuff is. He said, quit making stuff hard for people. Right? Because I, he's like, you know, most of the stuff that we've been promising ourselves that we was going to do, we haven't done it, right? How many of y'all got some projects at the house that you promised yourself you were going to do last year and you haven't done them yet? Some clothes to hang up, some shoes to, you know, I'm just the simple stuff, amen. You got some stuff you said you were going to do. You, have you done it yet? Some of them you've done them, some of them you haven't. 
So if you set up five more projects after you had five last year and you only did three, right, now you got seven. And what happens to people is that we do so many things and we keep on heaping stuff, and I'm talking about our spiritual lives right now, we continue to heap things on ourselves spiritually and we continue to look at the failures of our life by saying, I didn't do well. I didn't do well. Uh, some simple things, you know, uh, I, I'm a quick cussing. I'm going to cuss under my breath a little less, right? Because if you say you're going to quit cussing, the first time you cuss, what's going to happen? You're going to cuss again. You get, God, I cussed. Now you're going to cuss twice, right? And now you're evaluating yourself as being a failure. And so one of the things God, I believe the Lord is saying to us this year is quit heaping so much stuff on yourself trying to show yourself and other people around you that you are this super, you know, spiritual superstar. Uh, I know your heart. I know you from the heart. I don't know you from the works that you produce only. I know you from the heart, from the inside out. I know your intentions. I know your desires. I know your true efforts. I know where you have made effort to do something and did not succeed and it wasn't in your power to succeed, I know your heart. And so since the Lord knows our heart, one of the things I think we have to learn to do is concentrate on doing whatever we do from the heart. This part of the Bible study is not about the love of filio, the Philadelphia kind of love, or it's not about the erotic love. This is about the love of passion, the love of doing things from the heart, all right? Doing it from the heart and doing it because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to do it with my whole heart. Amen? I'm going to do it with my whole heart. The first two passages of Scripture I want you to look at uh, come from the New International Version. Uh, now, I got a purple Bible on my desk. Would you grab it for me? Uh, the New International Version of Scripture. And it begins, if you will look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 14. Uh, real quick there, and it's a real simple verse. It just simply says this, do everything in love. Come on, say everything. So look, whatever I'm doing, now look, whatever, and, and, and let me give a disclaimer. Do my godly stuff. When I say everything, what I'm doing for the Lord. Now everything you're doing ain't godly, right? All right, so don't do your godly stuff. Tell me, whoa, I love this. Amen. Do the godly things that God gives us to do in love, right? Do everything in love. Do not be half-hearted about, if you are not going to do it in love, it's better for you not to do it at all. Jesus says something very clearly in the book of Revelation. He said, I can't stand lukewarm folk. He said, I spew you out. So whatever we're going to do, do it in love. Do it fully. Do it completely. Do it wholly. Do it in love. If you have something that you want to accomplish this year, if you have something you want to dedicate to God this year, don't do it out of shape, form, and fashion. Do it out of love. I would suggest to you that even in your career choices, you would give the choice up to God because he will execute the plan so that you could even say, I love what I do in my job. So many people I see walking through life are going through life and they're doing stuff, but they don't love what they're doing. It is a miserable thing to be about getting up, going through the motions. It is an awful day to wake up every day and have to do something that you just don't want to do. 
So I have just determined in my life that what I want to do is I want to do everything in love. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to. If I got to fake it, I ain't going to do it. I knew y'all were going to say amen because y'all faking it up in here tonight. But if I got to go through this faking it, right, if your heart ain't in it, then you need to dismiss it. Colossians chapter 3. Let's go there. These are the scriptures that are on your Bible study list. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. I'm reading from the NIV version of scripture on tonight. All right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Now listen, this is, I want you to get this, not to be read out of context, but it does not start at verse 23. It starts at verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands, right? And it tells us, you know, children, obey your parents, right? But when he concludes with it, he said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So in other words, if you're not going to do verses 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 from your heart, then it'd be better for you not to do it. Uh-oh. Somebody just said, well, you just gave me an out clause. No, I didn't. What I said was, these are the things that the Lord has commanded us to do. And then he tells us, do it with your whole heart. Go to verse 23. Here's what it says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now, working at it, what does working at it mean? Try. That's what it means, right? How many of us are working at some stuff right now? Amen. Hey, I'm working at some. How many of you get everything right you're working at? Gary, put your hand up. Now, I miss it, right? I miss the mark. And we're going to give ourselves, one of the things we're going to do in the year 2020 is we're going to take a deep breath and give, our space, give ourselves space to not be perfect. Right? We're going we're to give, our give ourselves space to not be perfect. But we're not going to give ourselves excuse to not try. Right? He says, whatever you do, get this verse and then I'm moving on. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So look, guess what? Everybody in here is going to do a better job at your job this year. You know why? Because you're going to forget about your boss. I ain't hear nobody say amen. Ain't nobody said amen, hey man, say man, what you talking about, or nothing, right? I'm going to, I'm going to try because who am I... Why, why am I doing better? Why am I, why am I working unto the Lord on my job? Because number one is God, I told you Sunday, that gives me the ability to do it. So when I go in to do it, I'm really not working for the company that's on the outside of the building. I'm working for the Lord that granted me access to be able to go in and make a living. And I'm doing it with my whole heart. I want you to see that. Verse 23 again. Whatever you do, work at it with what? All your heart. All your heart. All your heart. Do it in love. The heart is the epicenter of where love flows. Love flows from the heart. And so if I'm going to do it, do it with all of my heart, right? I mean, get in there and make it work. There are some things that we would love to be dismissive of and say, look, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But God says, do it with your whole heart. You can tell when work is not done with the whole heart. It shows up. It shows, some things show up like you could have stayed at home and did this, Right? There's some stuff that I didn't want to do the last couple of days, so guess what I did? I stayed at home. I didn't go. I said, I'm not coming, right? I don't feel like smiling today. 
I got some messages. They said, call. I don't feel like talking to them today, right? I'm going to call later this week. Victoria, I'm going to need you. You know that call. She called you too, didn't she? Yeah. I know. Just, just say he didn't feel like talking, baby. He's going to call you when you get ready. My heart wasn't in it. And my heart wasn't in it. And look, it's okay, newsflash, to tell people when your heart is not in it. Because if you tell them your heart is in it and it's not, guess what you just did? Which one is worse? I don't even want to hurt nobody's feelings, so I wanted to make them think I was. No. That's not something I, I can do right now. That's not something I think I'm going to be able to, to do. But thank you for the opportunity. Amen? So whatever I do, I'm going to bring peace into my heart, into my life. I'm going to do it in love. He says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not as unto masters, okay? Let's go to the next slide. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. So if I'm going to love, now we as human beings, guess what? We have to learn how to love. Nobody here is born knowing how to love. We have to learn how to love. We have to be born again in order to love. God is the source of love. I'm going to show you that in the outline. But so I cannot love except I come into relationship with God. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. What is a reflection? Somebody tell me what a reflection is. What's a reflection? When you can see yourself or you see the image of something that is, 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 is like unto it, right? It's like unto it. And so it's the image of something and there is an object of light and there's an object. Light is, has to be available in order for a reflection to come back, right? And so the light of Christ is shining in the life of humanity. And guess what? Little by little, the Holy Spirit is, is, is shaping me into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. I'm born in sin, shaped into iniquity. God makes me in his image and likeness in the book of Genesis. But David says, I'm born into sin and I'm shaped into iniquity. So guess what happens? The image and likeness of which God creates me is being tampered with every day. And it's not until I give my soul to Christ that he begins to shape me for the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit works on me day by day. This is where we get the same from, as people would say, things I used to do. So I like what she said. I try not to do them no more. Right? I'm being shaped and formed into the image and likeness of Christ. First John chapter 3. Let's go there. Y'all just stay with me on these, on these uh, slides that are there. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. You got it? By the way, uh, John is the same uh, writer as the book of John. And who is he known as? The what disciple? The, disciple, the love disciple. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who, who said Jesus loved him. He concluded his writing saying, the disciple that Jesus loved. Right? As if he loved me and didn't love the rest of y'all. All right. 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. See what great love the Father has what? Lavish. What does it mean to lavish on someone? Just, just go all out, right? Just, I mean, look at what he did. All the love that God has lavished on us. It is just, I can't even fathom this. This is, this is more than I ever expected. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, exclamation point. And that it is and that is what we are. He's saying, I am a child of God. It's unbelievable to think that I am a child of God. Because I know myself is what he's saying. 
I'm so well acquainted with myself. And look at what God has lavished on me, right? If my folk next to me knew everything there was to know about me, they would say, uh-uh, you ain't one of God's children. But it's the good news, they don't get a vote in the matter. And that is what we are. Look at what it says. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. What is this reflection? Why am I using this particular verse? It says in your passage, behold, does it not? All right, behold is to look upon, right? In order to behold or to look upon, in order to see a reflection, you got to do what? Look at it, right? In order for me to see the love of God, I got to look at God. I got to see what God has done. I got to look at what the Lord has gone through in order to save my soul. I got to look at the work of Jesus Christ, who vicariously uh, becomes my substitution on the cross. I got to look at what he's done. And then I got to see the reflection of what he wants me to be. He wants to make me like Christ. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall what? We'll be like him. We'll be like him. What is an attribute of Christ that you want to have in your life? Some not yet, but you hope for. Come on, be honest with me. I told y'all what mine is. Do not hit me. I'm not at the turn the other cheek moment yet, all right? That's mine. That's my disclaimer. Hit me. Run, right? Run fast and run zigzag because I don't chase folk no more. Weave, duck, and bob because you're going to hear something go clack, clack right behind you. Every now and then it wouldn't hurt you to jump. What's yours? Long-suffering, I heard that. All right, long-suffering, right? What else? What's yours? What is an attribute of Christ that you want to see more of in yourself? See, if you're not looking, then you don't know. Yes, what is yours? I heard self-control, okay. I'm sorry? Not easily angered, okay? And that's good, not easily angered. I ain't want to get, now, now look, even Christ at some point braided the cattails in the temple, right? But it was after some going through this over and over. Not easily angry. Don't, now, look, don't get so all holy time. I don't ever want to get angry again. You lie. That ain't going to happen down here, right? You're going to get angry down here, all right? So don't start putting these high standards up there. I just, God, just remove anger completely away from me. You just wasted your prayer. Ain't going to happen. Because you're going to get angry, right? All right, give me some more. I heard that one. Angry. I heard long-suffering. I heard whatever. Huh? Forgiveness. I want to be more forgiving, right? More understanding, right? Right? Patient, all right? What'd y'all say over there? Patient, right? How about this? I'm going to give y'all a sneak one in, right? A lot of y'all want to be wealthy. How about starting with saying I want to be more generous? See, a lot of the things that we miss is this. We'll start talking about, Lord, bless me. Lord, make me more truthful generous from the heart. See, when I become generous from the heart, that means God has to provide for me in order for me to be what? Generous from the heart. 
So as you're praying, we know not what to pray for. You know, uh, the Bible says we pray amiss of the will of God. I want to be able to be more generous. I don't like leaving people in situations that I find them in if I can do something about it. I don't like being in that helpless mode of going, man, I wish I could do something for you. And so I said, Lord, help me to be more generous. In order to be more generous, guess what? I need to be able to see the needs of people that they don't discuss. Right? Some things have to be illuminated before you. And when God illuminates something before you and you respond out of the heart, out of the heart, I'm doing this out of the heart, right? Then we're becoming more like Christ. Christ was generous. What else do we see in Christ that we want to kind of see in ourselves? More unconditional love, all right? All right, so help me with that a little bit. Right now your love got a little strings attached to it, huh? No, no, go ahead. Right, right, right. The end. <laughs> All right. Okay, good enough. We got it. I, I, I tried to repeat it for you. Okay, good enough. How, how, how we doing on that? We, we, like, we like to be a little more in the unconditional love category, right? I'd like to be there. That's a good one. Anybody got one more you want to share? You know, I'm going to have to get this section saved this year. Y'all don't talk much. Y'all, I mean, I'm going to need y'all because y'all either so much like Christ that I don't know it, or y'all so far away from being like Christ, y'all don't want to tell nobody, all right? I just want you to share a little bit so we have some ideas about if, if, if I'm going to see the reflect, I got to look at it. There's no way for me to know if I'm growing and where I'm going if I don't look at it. Right. I got to evaluate me in the image and light of what I'm working towards becoming Jesus Christ. Right. All right. So that's what he says. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. Uh, OK. Verse eight. Yes, ma'am. Meek? All right, what is meek? Okay. True love is a reflection of the heart of God. Look at verse 18 in that same chapter. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, what does it say? Dear children, let us not love with what? Words or speech, but what? Actions. All right, we're getting to this truth thing now, right? So love now becomes a what? A verb. It becomes an action word, right? I love you. We love to love in speech, don't we? Come on, how we love in speech, right? Every, come on, husbands, fiancés, y'all sitting back there just came from the marriage class. Put your, wife, put your arm around and love in speech, girl, you know. You ought to be able to have some of them with girl, you know. I, girl. That's how you got her. That's how you got her. You love her in speech, right? But you better love her in poke chops and, and, and groceries, too. Amen. You better love in some furniture in the house. And you better love in some, you got to love in more ways than just that. Love becomes an action. And look at what he says. He says very clearly, he said, let us not be guilty. Dear children, uh, be, be, uh, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Now, does that mean we shouldn't love in words and speech? No. It means not words and speech, what? Only. So we ought, to have we ought to have words and deeds. We ought to have speech and it ought to be truth. It ought not to be lying. Don't bring me no love lies. Don't you know a love lie when you hear it? Huh? 
They sound too good to be true. And most of the time, they are. All right? True love is a reflection of the heart of God. So true love comes from God. It is a reflection from the heart of God. And it is based on actions. John 3.16 says what? God so loved the world. What's the action? He gave. He gave. Is giving the only love language? No. No. It's not the only love language. Uh, can I give you one? Uh, Psalm 136, one of my favorite ones. 26 times of repetitious love. Go there. Psalm 136. Did I say 126? 136. 136. Maybe the NIV version reads it better than any of the others. You can't read one verse without it being reaffirmed in the next. The stanza. Who has it? All right, somebody just read it. Just, just start reading it. What does it say? Verse 1. And y'all going to help me. Every time she reads something, just watch what it says. Read it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. All right, verse. Give thanks to the Lord. I'm sorry, give thanks to the God of gods. Stop right there. And that's God of God for, I mean. His not. love endures forever. So what does it say at the end of every stanza? And then it starts, this is everlasting love. Then it starts to talk about where he brought us from, what he's done for us, what we've the been through, how we messed up, mm -hmm. how I made bad choices. But what does the psalmist re recapitulate and say every time? His love endures forever. So even through all that, guess what? His, His love endures. endures forever. That true love is a reflection of the heart of God. It never, now look, he, that, and please get this, because after you hear this lesson, you're going to have some problems with the third lesson when it comes to tough love. Because even in tough love, even though his love endures forever, it doesn't mean he won't sit you on the back porch and let you get straight sometime. You say, well, love don't treat you like that. Yes, it does. Love says that even if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'm going to put some distance between me and you. But even the distance that I put between me and you, I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep looking out for you. I ain't going to let nothing bad happen to you. But I am not going to continue to go through this same process. And here is where we've messed that up. Because we have made people believe that love, I, you know, we just got to put up with everything because we want to be like God and love, folks. Even the Lord chastens whom he loves. But he does it in love, right? So Psalm 136, write that one down on your outline. It's not there. It's good for you to remember. His love endures forever. So we ought not to love in just words, right? We ought not to love in just speech, right? But with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. In order to reflect the love of God, third point, we must behold the source, right? Uh, true love is a reflection of God. You got that. All right. Now I want to look at uh, just three real quick points. Well, you, you've, I kind of went over that. In order to reflect the love of God, we got to behold the source. You got to look at it. Uh, go to 1 John chapter 4 since we're there. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 19. Dear friends, you there? Let us love one another. For love comes from where? Everyone who loves has been born of God and what? All right, whoever does not love does not what? All right, that's real clear because God is what? All right, so please get this. 
Please get this. If you don't know God, but you're trying to love, you can't do it. Let's just make it plain. It is impossible to love without God and the knowledge of God in your heart. Clear as, as the reading in your scripture. We can have this form of, you know, this kind of feeling kind of thing, but it won't endure. It won't grow. It won't be deeply rooted. It won't be pure. It won't allow us to speak the truth in love. It won't allow us to discipline or chasten in love the way God would have it to be. It can have this form of love. There is a thing because this is why it's so important. If you read this very carefully, uh, if you keep looking at chapter uh, uh, four, after you keep reading it, start, chapter four starts with saying this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Why is he writing chapter 4, verse 1, in the middle of all of this love? He's saying, it's some stuff that come at you that look like love that ain't love at all. See, that verse is not just tucked in there for no reason at all. This whole reading that John is talking about is love, right? And so it's a lot of stuff that come at you that look like love that ain't love. It feels like love, but it's not love. It mirrors love. It's a lot of spirits. There are a lot of spirits that go out there trying to imitate the love of God. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, Galatians 5, 22. It's going to have some productive outcome. And you got to look at the fruit that is produced. The enemy of God can imitate all of the things of God, but he cannot produce the fruit of the spirit. It is the fruit that's working in us to make it genuine and true. Remember, true love is what we're talking about here. We ain't talking about the kind of stuff that, you know, we can just fake it till you make it kind of stuff. True love endures. Paul says it's patient, it's kind, it endures, it lasts, man. It's the real thing. And he says it only comes from God. And so in, in 1 John uh, chapter 4, uh, verse number 7, friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Let me tell you what love does. Love keeps on doing what it was doing before you fell out. Look up and see. Love keep on behaving the same way. True love, it don't change just because we, we ain't where we spoke. No, uh-uh. I fell out, you know, that woman over there so much, but I ain't never stopped paying the light bill. That's right, baby. Rub his shoulder. I see her over there. She rubbed. That's right, baby. Get close to him. That's a good sign. Get close to him. I, I ain't, you know what? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm going to keep being what God told me to be. Right? I'm going to keep doing my, I, I'm going to be, look, when the Lord show up and he said, I want to have a meeting with y'all, it's a judgment day. I'm going to say, come on, Lord, come on. You remember y'all? Yeah, I remember, I remember. Keith, I told you to do, I did it. I told you to do this. Well, Keith, uh-uh, that's between you and the Lord. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm over here. I did my, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Love keeps behaving. What did the Lord do? 
He said, there's a separation between man. Man's sin fell short of the grace of God. What did God do? He said, let me fix it. Let me give my son as the atoning sacrifice for the fall of man. When man kept trying to work his way back to God on his own terms, the Tower of Babel and other ways, what did God do? He confused the language, but guess what? He still sent them a prophet. When they went into uh, captivity in Babylonian captivity and went into all of the various places, guess what? He said, I'm going to let you go, but I ain't going to leave you without a word from the Lord. I'm going to always have something there, someone there to tell you I love you, and I'm going to send for you in the situation you're in. He told Jeremiah, he said, go tell the people to buy land and stuff, right? So why are we buying land? We're in captivity. He said, because you're not going to be here forever, because I love you too much to leave you there. So he always gave hope and love in that situation. Amen. And so what God does, he says to us, in order to reflect that love, we got to behold the source. And the source is the Lord. It is him. It is God himself. We got to see him, all right? In order to reflect anything, you got to look at it. All right, three quick things. I want you to get these on your outline there in that fifth, uh, fourth box. Um, we are saved because of the love of God. There's a small print up there, but you can see it on your outline. We are saved because of the love of God. You know John 3.16. Listen, most famous verse in the Bible. I want everybody to say it with me right now. Ready? Four. All right, about three of y'all need to go to Sunday school. That's all right. I ain't going to call you out tell you when you start putting on lipstick when we quote scriptures because you're trying to uh, uh, yeah I know I know didn't know the verse get thirsty all of a sudden let me get something to drink yeah I know we are saved because of God's love I want you to think about it this way God's heart hurt so dearly that man, his crown jewel of creation whom he loves, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. You've put all things under his control. You gave man so much authority. You love this thing called man so much. I mean, this is your crown jewel. You, when you got through making creation in a day, you stopped before you, you, you didn't even make man out of the same stuff you made, elephants and giraffes and stuff. No way I can evolve from anything because God breathes in me. He didn't breathe in anything else. He made man. He said, you're, you're, you're my thing. You're, you're, my, you're my person. You're my it. You're, my, you're my, my crown jewel. And man falls away from God. Now, God has a choice. What can he do? I can destroy creation or I can redeem man. I create a way of redemption. It's going to rain. I'm going to save mankind. I'm going to repopulate the earth. They're going to go through a process of trying to come to me. But I've already said in Genesis, I'm going to send my son. He sends his son to die for us. He comes in the form of man himself. That's how much God loves man. We are saved because God loved us. If, you got any, if anybody ever tried to you know, ask you, what is salvation? Salvation is the expressed 
love of God. That's all it is. It is God's love expressed. In all of the Bible, right now, you can sum it up in Genesis 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten, so that whomsoever, whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's it. You can, you, if you don't understand the law, the Pentateuch, uh, all that stuff we talk about, if you never get tithed and if you don't get eschatology and the end results of what's coming in the afterlife, fine, get John 3.16. God loved the world. Now, what's the word? Everything, all us, right? Here is where we got to quit celebrating some folk. You know, this person, right? God loved all us. He made creation. He wants to, he is not willing that any should be lost. That's the scripture, right? He says it very clearly. I tell people when I get into it, I love to, you know, uh, when I feel like, you know, having one of those moments with my colleagues, uh, Jesus says something. He says something very clearly. He says, look, Many sheep I have that are not of this fold. I must bring them with me also unto my father. I tell them, reconcile that when you get a chance. While we're trying to be exclusionists by talking about who's going to be in over here, you know, me and Gary and our own and all of us, we're going to get us a seat over here. We're going to wash our robes in the blood of the crucified lamb. There's going to be some people that's going to trick you. They're going to show up in heaven. And you're going to say, well, I thought, uh uh-uh, watch what happens. He said, these are my sheep too. He said, many sheep I have that don't go to First Baptist Church. Many sheep I have that are not of this fold right here. But them I am responsible for bringing back unto my father also. Now, I do not know how he's going to do that. My theological understanding doesn't extend that far. But I believe the love of God is more inclusive than exclusive. I believe he's trying to bring more back than he's trying to leave behind. And I think there are some people who get caught up on denominationalism or this particular faith or that thing. I'm just saying, lead that up to God. Let the wheat and the tares grow together and let God do the separating at the end. He says, I am the way, truth and life. If you come through me, if you want to get to the Father, you got to come by me. I believe that. He said, these are the sheep of my fold. I must bring them also. And I believe that. But we are saved because of the love of God. Salvation is the only way to know God's true love. You're back in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. It's the only way to know God's true love. Verse 9 says, this is how God showed, us his love, God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice of our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to do what? Love one another. So in other words, we said, once you're saved, guess what? Quit being so selective. Since God could love us in the shape we were in, how come we can't love other folk in the shape they're in? Right? Come on, y'all know we ain't too far from where we used to be. We done got in here and got all holy and stuff. Started looking gooder, acting better, smelling gooder, treating people better. You know, a little bit of that showing up, right? You know you're about two days away from a good cousin and a knife toting. You know that. Amen. I'm going to look at some of the nicest looking folk I've ever seen. and have their pistol packed in the nicest purses you've ever seen. I mean, look at that. 
Laying in the Michael Kors store talking about, I can't, I don't like this person. Why, it ain't big enough. What you trying to put in it? Speaking of pistol-toting folk right there. See that? Carolyn walked in while we were talking about. Gertrude. Beverly or Gertrude? Y'all have to be there. You remember the man calling folk out their name yesterday? Gertrude. That lady name wasn't Gertrude. Beverly. And that lady name wasn't Beverly? Like, why are you calling folk? Just if you don't know folk's name, just sit there and say, ma'am. Yeah. Or do what Alicia does. Missy? Sweetie? Yeah. Everybody in here named Missy. Hey, Missy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, but, right. Here it goes. Salvation is the only way to know God's true love. Look, this is the verse I want to read again. This is love, not that we love God. Right? Now, we, we, can, we can say now we love the Lord. Amen? Some, we, we've grown to be able to say, I, I love the Lord. Right? But that ain't how you got saved. You didn't get saved because you loved God. You were saved because God loved you. He loved us enough to let his Holy Spirit make clear to us an understanding to accept him as Lord and Savior. We love God. He first loves us. Now, he loves us in the condition that we're in, right? Now, what do you mean? He loved me when I got better and came to church, right? No, he loved you enough to let you get better to come to church. Because if he wanted to, he could, we could have died in our sin, right? But he didn't allow that to happen. And so God does not uh, wait for us to get better to love us. He loves us all the time. He loves us all the time. And so here it is. He loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice. Since he loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Amen? That's a beautiful passage of scripture right there. Don't discriminate in your love towards people. Amen. Uh, we, were, we were happy today to be able to talk about how we love Miss King. We were happy to talk about how we love Miss King. We had a good record and a good report of how we treated Miss King. Miss King, other folk, her family told her, come on, go to church with us. You know, she said, no, the bus driver coming to get me. I'm going to First Baptist. Then she peeped. Then she, she, and she, I don't, you know, I don't know who her driver was, but guess what? Pete, you were her driver. She, she loved her bus driver. And she would wait on her bus driver, right? I don't care about, and, and they, well, well, come on, go to church with us. Uh-uh, I'm going to First Baptist. And you know when her daughters got up yesterday to speak, what they say? I want to thank First Baptist. Because we just learned how to love Miss King. We just learned how to love Miss King. Going to love her until God say love her and love her and love her some more. That's all your assignment is and my assignment is. Amen? Amen. And so he tells us, you got to love. Now, watch this. I want you to see this third one on there. Our ability to love, if you think you're somebody, you so, you know, I'm so Mr. I love people. I'm able to love folks. My ability to love and rise above faults only comes through relationship with God. You can't get over it without God. This is water in this cup. I want y'all to know that. Amen. That's why I got it clear like that. Yes. 
Yeah, don't discriminate in loving people. Just don't discriminate in loving people. God loved us all unconditionally, right? Now, you know, we get this thing, and, and, and I don't like what people do, but I love them, right? Well, God doesn't like what we do, but he still loves us, right? Right. So, yeah, it's okay. I don't always like what people do. You don't always have to like what people do. God didn't tell you to like everything everybody does. He told you to love them, right? All right, can we go a little deeper? Uh, love without regard of the things that we know in Scripture. Sometimes, you know, people try to get up and be selective in the love. What I say about this, quit trying to talk about, you know, uh, rich and poor, black and white, gay and straight, all this kind of stuff. Love everybody. And quit trying to, you know, say, I don't, no, no. I don't, look, look, please. The Methodist church is falling out over this right now. God has never told anybody to discriminate against anybody because of their uh, uh, behavior or, or lifestyle or choices, right? He's never told anybody it's okay for you to treat people bad and put them out of church. He never gave you permission to do that. And so that's some of the most absurd stuff I've ever heard. And when people try to get into that discussion, I said, you know, y'all, y'all just march around the Mulberry Bush for nothing. Your, your hand was up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. There, yeah. Sometimes you have to love from a distance, right? Sometimes you have to love. Now, look. Now, now I want you to get this. I want you to get this, right? All right. I'm about to love Gary, right? And I got the changed heart of God, right? I got the love of Jesus down in my heart. You remember Granny used to sing that on the Beverly Hillbillies. I got that love, 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 love down there. Y'all watch the Hillbillies, right? Y'all old. I saw the reruns. But, but, but Gary doesn't, right? And I'm trying to embrace him in the love of God, and he knows nothing about the love of God, right? That's going to be an abrasive relationship. And I can't understand why he's treating me this way. Because he go to church too. Right? But he has not been convicted and know anything about the truth of the love of God. He's not getting the teaching you're getting at the First Baptist Church on Broad Avenue, 2835, Binghampton, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> so he is still kind of stuck in this feely kind of love. This love that if it ain't right, if, if I don't feel good, I don't act right. But you have a depth of love that transcends that based on your reflection of love that comes from God. And so, yes, you're learning how to love deeper. I'm going to show you this in 1 Peter 22, right? A deeper, sincere love is what 1 Peter 22 talks about. And so you're learning how to love that's not this surfacey love, Right? This, this, this love that we can sometimes talk about so easily, we can throw the word love around just as easy. Love you. Hadn't thought about it. So yeah, in order to have it, it you do have, sometimes there is, God allows distance. John, Mark, and Paul fell out with each other. But Paul never stopped loving him because he kept praying for him. And then when it was, when his heart, you know, when he saw some maturity in John Mark, he said, go get him. He's profitable for ministry for me, right? There's some people who separated from me. I love them. I pray for them, but I want them to stay where they at. Amen. I don't want, I ain't, look, I ain't calling them when I'm saying, please come back. No, stay the hell where you at. 
I'm sending prayers your way. <laughs> Amen. All right? And I'm very serious about that. Because I'm, and I'm going to help some of y'all. You need to quit inviting folk back into your life that God sent away. The reason some of us got trouble in our life right now is we're trying to be so superficial on top. You know, oh, just come. No, God took them for a reason. If they had been for us and with us, they could not have left us is what the Bible says. Right? right? And so you got to learn that that's a part of this whole thing. Amen. And so loving from a distance is fine. We never stop loving. Yeah, but you get some miles between us. Amen. You go, what did Lot say to Abram? What did Abram say to Lot? You go east, I'll go west. You go north, I'll go south. We still kinfolk. But I ain't going to fool with you. Right? I got some folk, I'd send, you know, when they, they birthday come around, I cash app them. I don't go to the party. You come back to the party, nope, I just sent some on cash app. If I come over there, I'm going to be cussing you out, and I'm going to hate I gave it to you. Amen. Cash app keeps us in love. Amen. That's one of the best things that happened in the name of Jesus, right? I set up the account so it doesn't come out of my bank account. I like to get up, look, bam, you know, love you, bam, you know, $25 from a distance. Amen. Great question. Great question. Great question. Anybody else got a question you want to ask on that? All right. Our ability to love and rise above faults only comes through the relationship, uh, uh, comes through relationship with God. Look at John 13, 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. Now, I, I sent you to 34, 35 for a reason first. All right. Watch what he says. A new command, I what? I give you. Love one another, what? So in other words, I'm not telling you to do something that I have not done. Right? Newsflash. We teach and we preach things that we're not willing to do and demonstrate. And I ain't talking about just the preacher and the teachers in church. I'm talking about mamas and daddies. I'm talking about teachers and principals. I'm talking about professionals. I'm talking about brothers. You got to teach it. He said, a new command I give to you. He said, I want you to love one another as I have what? He is getting ready to go back to his father, right? Now, the demonstration of this, I want you to see something. All right, we're still in, in, in verse 34. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you do what? So he said, the only way people are ever going to know that we are true followers of Jesus Christ is that we love people the way he has loved us, right? Here's where it hurts. Go up to the top of John chapter 13. How do you love like that, Jesus? What have you demonstrated? First thing you did was you washed the feet of Peter. Love is personified in service. This is where Jesus begins to wash the feet of the disciples. He says, watch, look at it very carefully. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come. He's going down to verse 34, but he's working his way through from verse 1. He's getting ready to tell them to love like I have loved. The demonstration that he has just used in front of them was serving one another. He says, sit down and let me wash your feet. Watch, but before you do that, before you can love like that, here's some things you need to know. Having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 1. 
The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas. Judas is in the room, and he said, I'm still going to treat Judas the same way. This is the highest love. When, when you know somebody after you, when you know somebody trying to hurt you, when you know folk trying to do you in, right, and you still do right by them anyway, he knew what Judas was getting ready to do. I would have told him to take his crusty foot self on out the room. I'm not going to touch your feet because I know where you about to go. But instead, what does Jesus do? He said, everybody sit down and let me wash your feet. It is not until you reach that level of humility. It is not until you reach that point that you know you are truly saved and you're a child of God. There's some folk I would have took a little hook knife and cut their toe off. You know that little knife Monroe used to have, Keenan, with that hook, that blade on it? Then some folk got up. <laughs> Pastor washed my foot, but child. He said he was getting that corn off. It looked like he got my whole toe. I'm bleeding. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was... Look at what he said. He tells him, look, don't get, to, we love to quote verse 34. Love one another as I loved you. How had he loved them? He loved them by serving them. He loved them by washing their feet. He loved them by overlooking the faults that they had, knowing the intentions of their heart. My God, when you know what's on folks' heart and you still love them anyway, when you're sitting there knowing folk trying to do you in, Lord, help me in here. You're at the table and you know they done already lied on you. But you don't say nothing because the Lord said, hold your peace. You know they're checking you out and, and doing it, it. It's hard to do. But if you want to have the ability to love like God wants you to love and rise above it, this is where we're aiming. Touch your neighbor, tell him I ain't got there yet. Look, the ability to love. Look at what he tells them now. Look at what he tells them. Here's what you got to know. Please get this. Don't, don't, look here, y'all love, this kind of love, this wholehearted love ain't easy. This wholehearted love ain't easy. This wholehearted love is not easy. Don't you jump out there talking about, I'm loving like God love. Look, look at what he knew. He knew his hour had come. He knew the time had come. He knew who he was. He knew he came from the Father, and he knew he was going back to the Father. Most of us are still too messed up in our own identity to try to love anybody else. You're not sure of who you are on a daily basis. One day you wake up this way, the next day you wake up another way. You this way, you happy one day about it, and you, you, you got your personality. You got to know who you are. You got to know, listen, I tell folks something. I ain't tripping about who I am in this life. And you can't, you can't, you can't talk me into trying to do something that God ain't called me to do. I know who I am. It's settled. I know who I am. 
if I never do what some other folk have done. I know who I am. Just because I don't go where you go and do what you do and have what you have, that does not make me any less than you are. I am in the center of God's will for my life. I'm sure of what he called me to do. Jesus was sure of who he was and where he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to be doing. It is not until you can answer those questions, folks, that you can make these efforts to love this kind of unconditional way. Because, you know, you'll get in there on that flip-flop love and you'll think you're ready for it. Come on, baby, let's go, you know, sell all our stuff and move over here to Canada. You get to Canada, and he tell you the Lord told him not to get a job. I done followed this fool all the way up here to Canada. <laughs> what the Lord telling you to do? Telling me to go back home, right? Know who you are in spite of who's around you. I need to read this. The evening meal was in progress. You see that in verse 2? The devil had already got into Judah's heart. And the son of, si the son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, however, that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Here's the four things he knows. He knows the time is set. He knows that the authority is his. He knows who he came from. He knew where he was going. So then he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. If Judas wasn't in there in verse 2, I think I would have read that a little bit better. I'm saying, wait a minute, Lord. You did Judas' feet too? Peter said, no, you can't wash my feet. If I was Jesus, I would say, no, Peter, I can wash yours, but tell Judas I'm not going to wash his. <laughs> Real talk. I'm being me. I know some of y'all more saved than I am. See, I know. Remember what I said. I know what Judas is going to do, right? Or better yet, I know what you already did. How about that? How many of y'all done fixed a plate of somebody that already did you wrong or didn't? Uh-huh. And they didn't know that you knew. <laughs> you want a piece of this chocolate pie? <laughs> y'all didn't see the help, did you? <laughs> he says... Look, this is very powerful. The ability to love and rise above it comes through relationship with God. Jesus was so, he, he is God in the, he's God in flesh, but he's acting in human stead right here, folks. And when he gets to verse 34, what he's saying, love as I have loved, he's predicted the betrayal in verse 18. He predicts the denial in verse 31. And then he says, in spite 
of all of this. Love as I have loved you. Do it like I demonstrated, right? One of the best things we can ever do is demonstrate God's love. And it's tough. It's tough. But love demonstrated is more powerful than love spoken. Amen? All right, next one. Any, any questions about that, first of all? How many of us struggle with that? Amen. Thank you. You know, you the pastor's daughter. If you can say you struggle with it, I know it's for real. Amen. All right. I struggle with both hands. Amen. All right. Okay, finally. The Holy Spirit is working in the believer to produce and reflect God's love to and through us. I can't get here on my own. All right? I need you to get that. You can't get there on your own. This is where submission to the Spirit of the Lord has to come into your life, right? This is where you have to pray and say, Lord, let me hear your voice. Tell me what you want me to do. You have to do it even when it don't feel good. Ooh, somebody say, ouch. You have to do it when it don't feel good. Then if you're going to submit to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will grow us. He will share with us. He'll mature us. And, so, and things don't always feel good. Uh, when, 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 you know, we're at that space in life. Uh, Gary had to be my pastor the other day, didn't you, Gary? I was mad. I was. I was mad. I said, Gary, I need to talk to you for a few minutes. I said, you, you the pastor now, right? I said, I need about 30 minutes for you. I did. I said, I need you to be my pastor right now because I got some stuff that just I don't like. And I talked for about five minutes. And Gary said, I know how you feel. <laughs> then he started talking. I said, I'm going to need a pastor. I'm going to need a pastor. <laughs> then he talked for the next 20 minutes and said, I know you told me to listen to you, but I feel that way sometimes. I said, oh, Lord, didn't you care? I need a pastor. If anybody want to be my pastor, let me know. Amen. Couldn't get to my pastor. I was trying to get Gary to be my pastor. End up Gary, both of us sitting over there crying. <laughs> Lord, help. But he gave me five minutes of good therapy. Five minutes were worth it. Yes, it was, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. But I told him, I said, Gary, I, I, I don't like the way I feel. I was angry. Uh, I knew something, that, and it hurt me. And I, was, and I said, Gary, I need you to talk me through this. He did. Then Mike Wilson showed up. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> it was over. There was nothing but humor from that point on. But I got through it and was able to do what God called me to do in power. I didn't just want to show up and do it and check the box. You know, I could just show them and say, hey, 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 hey. bye. But I, I did it. I prayed. I humbled myself. Uh, talked to my pastor. He talked me through it. He kept me on the line. He prayed for me. He did pray. Now, that's one thing about my pastor. He will pray for you. Gary will pray for you. He'll text you a prayer at 427 in the morning. Pastor, you are too holy for me right now. Amen. <laughs> but he, he will. He'll text you a prayer at 4.30 in the morning. But he did. But the Spirit, what, here's what I'm sharing you. The Spirit is working in the believer to reproduce and reflect God's love in and through us. Galatians 5.22, you don't have to turn this real quick. But the fruit of the Spirit is, of the first of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit is love. So the Spirit is working to produce love in us, Right? 
We can't get there without it. You can't get there without the Holy Spirit, right? You can't get there without the Holy Spirit. You can't get there without conversion. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Go there real quick. We're just going to run through these and then we're out of here. 1 Peter chapter 1. You there? Verse 22. Anybody got it? What does it say, Gary? Pastor? Now that you have purified... Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love mm -hmm. for each other, right. love one another deeply from the heart. All right. That's, that's a challenging verse, isn't it? But how are we being purified? What is purification? Sanctification by way of the Spirit, right? I'm being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The Lord is cleansing some stuff out of me every day, right? The Lord is constantly cleansing some old habits, old ways, old thoughts, old beliefs, old things. He's getting them out of me. He's saying, now I'm, being, I'm purifying you so you can love two ways. Sincerely. Come on, say that with me. Sincerely. Sincerely. What is sincere? Just true, just true right? Just, just, just be real, right? It, it, this is where I love you at, right? You like my hair? No. Y'all looking at me like y'all done lied. You done went back and lied. You didn't like some hair that you really didn't like, didn't you? Sincerely. Sincerely. Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Do you like your hair? Okay, well, if you like it, then that's all that matters. But I want to know if you like it. No. <laughs> you keep pressing me, I'm going to tell you now. Sincerely. And what? Not surfacy, deeply. But it takes the purification of the Holy Spirit to get you there. Every little thing that comes along can't rock you. Every little thing that comes along can't upset the apple cart, deeply. Now that you've been purified, sincerely and deeply. Not the kind of love that wants to make friends all the time. Not the kind of love that we've been in relationship and I can't tell you the truth. That ain't sincere. That ain't deep. You always got to hear what you want to hear and I, you can't never hear what I, what's true. You ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. Then when I tell you the truth, you know, now we done fell out. So I just didn't learn how to shut up. But you say, Right? You're saved, but you can't stand to hear the truth. Sincerely and deeply, right? And so that, that's, that's there. Uh, Donna Baker was sincerely and deeply <laughs> all the time. Donna Baker was going to tell you what she, you know, she wasn't going to cut it. No way, shape, form, fashion. And here's what the Lord taught me in my relationship with Donna. Quit thinking of yourself as the pastor up here. Think of yourself as the pastor right here. A shepherd is what? Among the sheep, isn't he? So if you think of yourself in your position, can't nobody say nothing to you. If you're the teacher, the student can't say nothing to you. If you're the business owner, the employee can't say nothing to you. If you're in an authoritative position, can't anybody who is beneath that authority say anything to you? 
But if you see yourself as among people, then whatever's said to you, you can take the value of what's being said, and you can glean from it, and there's some truth to it, and you can get better from it. But if everything is up here, right here, can't nobody say nothing to you. Pastor, can I have a word with you? Uh, d- d- no. Yeah, go, go, go see not wrong. Right? No. Sure. That's why I come stand down here so you can say something to me. That's why I walk out through the hall and say something to me. Whatever. Email me, talk to me, right? Now, I will tell you this. Come at me right. Amen. Amen. I'm opening the door for you to come now, but you come up in there, pow, and say, ho, ho, ho. Right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Right? Don't come up in the wrong way, right? So there's a way to do it, and we'll talk about that in the love conversations that come up. But that's what it is. He said, love sincerely and deeply. But that only comes by way of purification of the spirit. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Read more of that when you get a chance. All right. Finally, we back to John, 1 John 4. Why is it that the Holy Spirit is working within us and this is so important? Number one, you've got to try these spirits. See if they are of God. Every spirit that is coming to you trying to convince you of the love of God and how to be loving like God may not be a true spirit. Pray about it, right? Test these things. What's the test? You know how love behaves. 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is, love is. So everybody, if you want to know if it's real love, go read 1 Corinthians 13. That's how I'm going to test the spirit. I'm testing the spirit by what? The word of God. You can't test it by how you feel, right? Right? I prayed, and I asked the Lord if I should slap them. He said yes. The Lord ain't told you to slap nobody. You prayed to who? Yourself? <laughs> he prayed. Yeah, I prayed about it, and the Lord told me I could take all my money and get on up out of there. Oh, they told you that? Love doesn't behave that way, right? So read the word of God. Try the spirit. When we hear this thing, and a lot of people misquote this, try the spirit, by the spirit. Try the spirits if they are of God. See if they are of God. What am I trying to buy? I'm trying to buy the word of God. I'm trying to buy the word of God. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, right? People go out professing everything. God done gave me permission to take authority and to have dominion over this area, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to withhold all of this, and I'm going to do it. Man, God ain't said none of that stuff because it's against his word, Right? I was listening to some of the, uh, the 2020 vision sermons I was listening to. You know, I was sitting there one day, I was just listening to 2020 this. One man had folk, he said, there's 20 things God wants you to do in 2020. I said, well, I'm tired already. There's <laughs> too much stuff. I mean, that's 20 things. I got, I got, then he said, you 20 scriptures you need to commit to your memory. Well, I just, look, I'm like Chris Davis. I'm in Genesis. <laughs> Quit putting all this stuff on me, Right? And so that's when I had to go back and say, Lord, am I, am I wrong? He said, test the Spirit, see if they have God. By the word. Read your Bible. When you read the Bible, the Bible don't tell me I got to do all this jumping through hoops to prove myself as faithful unto God. He said, if I have love, if I have not love, I have nothing. When I get through with all this stuff, I'm finished, y'all. 
But when I get through with all my resolutions, when I get through with all my savings and my finances, I'm going to get out of debt, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to you know, go dig wells in Africa. When I get through with all of that, if I don't have love, he says nothing. It's a tinkling brass and sounding cymbal. That's all it is. You're making a whole lot of noise because you did all of that. And there was a lady right around the corner from you that needed a bottle of water, and you didn't even give it to her. You walk up and down the street and don't even speak to folk, but yet you're going to go over here and preach to 50,000. It's not love. He said love is manifested in the simple things that we do right here. Want love one another. Right? That's what God is telling us to do. So before, here's what I'm saying to you. Before you fix everything in your house this year, do it in love. Before you challenge yourself to finish you know, seven years of school in one semester. Quit, take that pressure off yourself. Why? Who are you trying to impress? Do it in love. Before you give anybody a big check, make sure you're doing it because you love them. Before you buy anything for somebody talking about how much I'm going to demonstrate my love, because you give it to them and they don't act like you and want your stuff back. Do it in love. Right? Whatever you do, do it in love. Amen? Amen. Let's give the word a hand on tonight. All right, next week, tender love is received from the heart of God. Tender love, right? I'm setting you up. Because next week after that is tough love is a reaffirmation of the love of God. So I'm going to talk about tender love so we'll know what it is. Then I'm going to talk about tough love so we'll know what it is. Both of them are from God. We need to learn what they are. We're so familiar with the tenderness of God that when the toughness shows up, we don't know how to receive it. So we're going to talk about the tenderness of God. Then we're going to talk about the tough love of God. We're going to rediscover our love languages. Then we're going to learn how to return to our first love. Amen? All right. Any prayer requests on tonight? Any questions real quick? I got a couple of minutes. Any questions about love as we have discussed it on tonight? I, I failed to get those. I know we ask a lot going in, but any questions? There are no bad questions. All right? I love yours. Can I love from a distance? Now, as much as possible, God wants us, the scripture teaches me in the book of Romans, to be at peace with all men as much as is possible. That's what it says, as much as is possible. So I'm going to try. I'm supposed to make an effort, right? But again, sometimes peacefulness has not settled in people. And if they still got some issues going on, God says, okay, I'm still going to love you but so that we don't have this abrasive kind of thing going on, I'm going to step back. I'm going to keep, and here's what God's love keeps an eye, his love keeps an eye on us. He keeps himself in position to care for us and love us. He never wants any harm to come towards us. He's protective. We protect the character and reputation of people, all of that. But even that you can do from a distance, all right? That's good. Glad you asked that question. Any others? All right. All right, let's pray.
Father, there may be those in the house tonight that want to love like you love, but must first 